Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show. It's on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today is episode 220. It's titled, Where to Invest Your Cash. Last week, I got an email from Jeremy. He wrote, I recently moved my savings out of a credit union, the Actors Federal Credit Union. That is a credit union, as you would expect, for actors. Jeremy's an actor. This particular credit union started in 1962. One of its founding members was the actor Conrad Bain of Different Strokes fame. He, along with six others who were members of the Actors' Equity Association, this is the union for, for actors, they felt that it was difficult for actors to get credit, to be able to borrow money. And so they formed this credit union, of which Jeremy is a member. I believe he's still a member. But he was surprised that they stopped paying any interest on all of their savings accounts. He writes, I didn't realize banks could do that but I guess they can. Apparently, the fact that customers are taking out fewer loans means they can't afford it. Can't afford to pay interest on savings. Now, that's unusual. So I, I, I used to be a credit analyst, my first job out of graduate school, and I spent a lot of time looking at financial institutions, banks. I don't think we did any credit unions, but I, I'm... I'm not an expert, but I'm a little familiar of their financial statements. So I went to the website for the Actors Federal Credit Union, found their savings page, and sure enough, they're paying 0% interest on all their savings accounts. And if you want to lock up your money for five years, they will pay 0.05%. Not 5%, 0.05%. The average five-year certificate of deposit rate for credit unions is 1.97%. Now, credit unions and banks are notorious for not paying a lot on just your your plain vanilla savings accounts. So, for example, the average credit union, this is from National Credit Union Association. They pull the data from the S&P Global Market Intelligence. The average credit union pays 0.15% on savings. The average bank, 0.18%. Now, in this episode, we're going to look at certainly options that yield higher. But the fact that it's zero, I mean, that's why you put money in a bank. I mean, one reason, you want to earn a little bit of interest. You obviously are writing checks, and and things of that sort, but you want to have a little bit of return. I thought, well, maybe 
they, their loan rates are lower. And they actually are. The interest rate on a five-year new car loan for the Actors Federal Credit Union is 1.79%. That's competitive. The average credit union is 3.16% for a five-year new car loan. And your average bank across the U.S. is 4.86%. A three-year personal loan unsecured at this credit union, 7.9% versus the average credit union, 9.25%. Credit card is very competitive, 7.9% for their premium card versus the average classic card for credit unions, 11.7%. And because the credit union is for members of the entertainment industry, you can get a musical instrument loan, 4.5% for up to seven years. Then there was one loan category I didn't didn't know what it was. A body image loan, 8.9%. And and I read body image and I thought, maybe, I thought body scanning. I thought, why would you do that? I asked LaPrell, she pointed out like plastic surgery or something like that. That makes sense, body image. Body image loans, 8.9%. So the loan rates are lower, but still 0% on savings. Now, credit unions, are they're member-owned. And so when you join a credit union, you, you, your deposit is called a share, and you do get dividends on that. So that's really apart from interest on a a savings account because you're a member of a credit union. But even their dividend rates, they've cut over 50% in the last year or so. And that got me looking at their financial statements and get their annual report on their website. Not a whole lot of, lots of data, numbers, but no real explanation. The credit union, at the end of 2017, had $215 million in assets. Includes $99 million in loans, $54 million in cash, and $55 million in investments. So the way that a a financial entity is set up, a, a bank or credit union, you have your assets, which are your loan receivables. You have cash and you have investments. On the liability side, you'll have your depositors, including shares so for a credit union so the total liabilities of this entity is 200 million dollars and then you have your capital or your reserve and in this case it's 15 million dollars i found a guide produced by callahan and associates called the comprehensive guide to credit union performance benchmarking because i wanted to see how the actors Federal Credit Union is doing relative to other credit unions. One of the ratios there is called the capital ratio, where you look at the reserves and you divide it by the assets. The national average as of year in 2014 was about 11.4%. But this particular credit union, if you have $15 million in reserves, $215 million in assets, that's about half, no, not half, about 7% capital-to-asset ratio. The way to increase capital or, or your reserves as a credit union is to generate a profit. And the Actors Federal Credit Union has not done that the past two years. In 2017, they lost $1.5 million. And they lost $4 million in 2016. 
Why? Well, one of the big expenses for any bank or credit union is what is known as provision for loan losses, where you've lent money and some of those loans are going to default and you set up reserves once it becomes clear that a loan is delinquent. Well, going back to 2005, the Actors Federal Credit Union had never had to provision for more than a million dollars a year, typically less than $500,000. But new provision for loan losses in 2016, this is an expense that goes through the income statement, was $7.1 million and $5.5 million in 2017. Loan delinquencies, the percent of total loans that were delinquent, typically less than 1%. In 2013, it was 0.18%. And the typical or the average delinquency rate at federally insured credit unions is 0.66%. In 2017, the Actors Federal Credit Union had delinquencies of 4.9%. So significantly more than the average credit union. The other metric is what is known as the net charge-off ratio, which is essentially each of you provision, you make new provisions for losses, and then you actually write off the loans. In 2017, they charged off $7.9 million. They had average loans of hundred and $5 million, so their net charge-off ratio was 7.5%. The average credit union in the U.S., only 0.6%. So more than 10 times the net charge-offs in 2017. The reason the Actors Federal Credit Union stopped paying interest on savings and cut their dividend is not because customers are taking out fewer loans. It's because their customers are defaulting on their loans. And this is a credit union that is in serious financial difficulties. I don't know why. I, I, because there's no commentary regarding it. All I have is the numbers. And if, they, if you wrote off $7.5 million of loans in 2017 and you only have $15 million in reserves, the reserves are dropping. This credit union is federally backed by the National Credit Union Association. So up to $250,000. So that's, a, that's an agency of the federal government. And, and I, I don't have any, I hope this credit union stabilizes thing and continues because I think they do an important work for working with those actors and others in the entertainment industry. But if you're a member and you have more than 250000 on deposit at this credit union, I, I would pull some money out and get below the federal limit. I, I can't say whether you should put all, pull all your money out because it, it gets back to credit unions are member-owned. It's sort of a community, community-type banking institution. But it's, it's run into some financial challenges somehow, either expanded too quickly or it's, it's underwriting 
standards have slackened so much? I don't, I have no idea. Now, Jeremy was looking for somewhere else for his savings, and, and that was what prompted his email. He saw that there were some online savings accounts around the country paying as high as 2.25%. He has an account at Schwab, has a CD. And that's kind of the question. Where do you invest in your cash, your liquid, things that you want to be able to access quickly? What are the options out there? Before we look at those options for investing cash, let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. We have a brand new sponsor to our show. It's Yahoo Finance. Yahoo's been around for decades. My first email outside of work was a Yahoo email address. But the financial side, I've used on occasion primarily to get data for dividend histories for particular funds or ETFs. But I was pleasantly surprised to get back on Yahoo Finance to see how it's evolved over the years. Now it's really a financial dashboard where you can get an understanding of what's going on with the markets. There are relevant articles from Bloomberg, Reuters, the Associated Press, and the Yahoo Finance team. You can look at the economic events calendar and see which data series are being released that day and what the consensus is. You can see the pulse of the markets at any time by going to Yahoo Finance. In addition, you could see all of your investments in retirement accounts in one place. With Yahoo Finance, you get a consolidated view of multiple accounts. Yahoo Finance serves as a financial hub for your retirement accounts, but also comprehensive financial news and analysis. You need to check out Yahoo Finance, particularly if you haven't been there in a while. Check it out at yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, you know they shut down several months ago. Well, let me tell you about the budgeting solution, the financial tracking solution I've been using for the past number of months. It's Monarch Money. Monarch Money is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets like I've done. You can set goals, collaborate with your partner. And now you can get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. What I like about Monarch is the ability to customize what I want to see. I have custom budget categories, and then I can go on to the dashboard and see where I'm above trend on some of my spending. I especially like that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash David for your extended 30-day free trial. Before we look at investment options for cash, let's, let's take a quick refresher. Why can we now suddenly get up to 2% or more on cash equivalent investing. What's happened? Well, in many episodes, for example, episode 191 has a bond bear market begun. Episode 204, why are returns too low? I describe how interest rates are set. And a huge player there are central banks. In the U.S., it's the Federal Reserve. They set what is known as a short-term policy rate or the federal funds rate, which is the rate that banks can, can borrow overnight from each other. 
but it's sort of the interest rate floor. Right now, that rate range is between 1.75 and 2%. The Federal Reserve Open Market Committee set that new target in June 2018. They have a meeting this month of September 2018. We'll probably more than likely raise the range to 2 to 2.25%. And that's sort of the reason why the Federal Reserve sets that target rate and communicates what they believe that policy target will be in the months and years ahead is because that influences longer-term interest rates. We went into great depth in that in episode 191 and 204. So I'm not going to rehash it here, but just recognize that the Federal Reserve is setting a new floor. And the idea is that, that rate, as rates are higher because the economy expansion's gone, continue to expand. We're approaching nine years of economic expansion. And the Federal Reserve's mandate is to make sure that inflation stays in check, that prices do not get out of hand, but they also need to make sure that there's jobs for people, that the unemployment rate remains low. And there's always that balance. And so they're trying to set a, a, a rate that allows the economy to continue to expand, but not too quickly so that we have inflation. And they have a number of tools to enforce that rate. One thing they do is they pay interest on bank reserves. We've talked about that in episodes on quantitative easing as through that process that that banks now have huge reserves, excess reserves at the central bank. And the Federal Reserve pays interest on those reserves. Again, well, right now it's at 1.95%. That's the rate. Another tool the Federal Reserve has are what are known as overnight reverse repurchase agreements. That's where the Federal Reserve sells a security to an eligible counterparty and then agrees to buy the security back the next day. This is an auction market, but the Federal Reserve has what's known as the reverse repurchase agreement, the overnight reverse repurchase agreement offering rate, which is the maximum interest rate that the Federal Reserve is willing to pay on that reverse repurchase agreement. Here's what the Federal Reserve writes on their website. That is, in general, any counterparty that can use the overnight reverse repurchase agreement should be unwilling to invest funds overnight with any other counterparty at a rate below essentially the offering rate. Just as any depository institution eligible to earn interest on reserves should be unwilling to invest funds overnight with another counterparty at a rate below the interest rate on excess reserves. The Federal Reserve sets a policy rate and has these tools to enforce that, such as paying interest on excess reserves, their offering rate on these reverse repurchase agreements, And that interest rate floor is why we as investors are now getting much more competitive rates, generally in line with the the Fed funds rate, the interest rate on excess reserves, because if the Federal Reserve is paying close to 2% on overnight paper, that 
also influences short-term treasury bond yields, which are are also kind of at that 2% level. And that flows through all the economy. So then other interest rate, longer, the one-year treasury bond, the three-year treasury bond has a higher yield based on the current policy rate as well as expectations for what that policy rate will be one, two, and three years in the future. And when the Federal Reserve began, moved off zero and started raising that policy rate in December 2015, we were gradually getting more interest income on our cash savings. Except if you keep it at some savings accounts at banks where they've been very slow to increase that yield because they're, they're lending money and they're also paying out in terms of deposits, their liabilities, and they can keep a wider, what's known as a net interest margin and generate more profits. As investors, we need to be aware of what the other options out there. Jeremy mentioned he looked online and he looked at other banks apart from his credit union where you can earn 2% or more. The options at banks, there's savings accounts, there's high-yield savings, there's what's known as money market accounts where you have some check-writing privileges. Those are all very, very liquid. Certificate of deposits, you have to tie the money up for three, six months, a year or more. So we're focusing on very short-term liquid. And you want to see what the yield is. What is the rate that they're paying? You need to look at the minimum. What's the minimum they require? Some of the ones that are paying over 2%, you have to put in $25,000. You want to make sure that they're very liquid, that you can pull the money out and how quickly you can get that money. You might want to see if you can write checks on it. Look at the fees. What are the fees? In other words, some of these savings vehicles, if you open an account at another bank to, to earn more, if maybe it doesn't have any minimum deposit, but if you're below some level, they start they charge you $5 or, or more a month. Now, the advantage of these, these savings-type vehicles, and they have different names for them, is they're all FDIC insured. So if you have less than $250,000 invested, if the bank goes insolvent, you'll, you'll get your money back. The rates I'm seeing on these type of bank-sponsored savings accounts are in the 1.8% to 2% range. Now, if you want to move out of FDIC-protected investments, and I got an email from Mike the other day that they wanted to do that. He was at his bank, wanted to get a higher yield, they suggested something called a money market mutual fund, which is not federally protected. So there's risk of default there, but it's very, very low risk. The money market mutual funds have to keep their, their maximum maturity on the short-term instruments that they invest in is less than 13 months. And the average maturity is less than 90 days. It invests in government papers, so treasury bills, other agency, short-term paper. They can invest in commercial paper, which is short-term debt issued by 
corporations. And so there's different types of money market mutual funds. Prime money market mutual funds can invest in, in all those types. So the Vanguard Prime Money Market Fund, tickers VMMXX, that has an SEC yield, so a yield after expenses of around 2.08%. So you can get a, a little higher yield in money market funds, money market mutual funds, and, and but there's, it, there's risk there. Now, in the sense that very, very low risk, the idea is they keep their net asset value the value per share at a dollar. And that's not guaranteed. And if there was a huge amount of defaults in the commercial paper space, then there's a risk that it'll get marked down a little bit. But it didn't happen. I think there was maybe one or two cases during the financial crisis. So most of the time, it's not a concern. Now, if you're worried about that, there are government money market funds that don't invest in commercial paper. It's all U.S. government paper in terms of treasury bills or agency paper. Or there's treasury-only money funds, which in some cases, for some states, you're not taxed on the federal interest you receive on those treasury bills. There's also municipal money funds that are invested in short-term municipal debt that doesn't have any income tax. So that's the other option. You can invest in the savings opportunities at banks that are FDIC insured. You can get a little higher yield by going to a money market fund. I mentioned the Vanguard funds. With brokerage accounts, some money market mutual funds, there's a sweep account. They just sweep it in for example, at Schwab, I think they pay 1.5% on their sweep money market mutual funds. But if they also have purchased options, so you purchase them just like a security, you get a little higher yield. Another option where you actually purchase a security are exchange-traded funds. Because short-term treasury bond yields are, are, or bills are much higher, you can invest, for example, in the iShares short-term treasury ETF, tickers SHV, its SEC yield is 1.97%, so about a 2% yield. There's the iShares floating rate treasury fund, so it's all variable rate, and so there's no interest rate risk at all. That has an SEC yield of 1.86%. I invest in the iShares ultra short-term bond ETF, ICSH. This is another example of, of, of community. This was recommended to me by a member of Money for the Rest of Us Plus. We talked about it on the member forums. It's yielding 2.54%. Now, it has a little longer maturity. It's duration, it's sensitivity to interest rates, about 0.4 years. So it's a little longer than a money market mutual fund, but you get a, a higher yield, but still very liquid. You can sell it and and get your money within a few days. So when it comes to investing your cash, we've gone over some of the criteria. Part of it is, is, is it worth the extra effort to pick up additional yield? Now, if you're earning zero in your credit union, yeah, it's worth it. Or whatever, earning 0.5%. There are other options out there. It's worth, at this point, picking up 1.8% to 2% yield or even higher. 
Now, it might not be worth all the all the extra work to, to pick up an extra 0.2%, but at least look to see what your current cash is yielding and explore some of this, these other options. Are there other options at your bank that are FDIC insured? Are there, are there money market mutual funds that might be appropriate through your whatever brokerage relationship you have? Or you can look at some of these ETF options. Next week, I'm going to talk about a, a new sponsor on the podcast that has an, an impact investing solution for short-term cash. It's, it's C-Note. They invest in certified community development institutions, what are known as CDFIs. That's paying 2.5%, but that is quarterly, quarterly liquidity. So it's not really an option we're talking about today where you can get your money within a couple days. But this is sort of an impact investing where there's some social good being done at the same time as you make the investment. And I'll I'll obviously talk about that next week. But if you want to lock up your money a little longer, there are even other higher yielding options, some which have a social impact, some which don't. But look at what you're getting now in terms of your cash. It's, It's a much better time to invest as the Federal Reserve continues to raise the short-term policy rate. Sounds like we might, by year-end, be getting more earning, an actual, a real return above and beyond inflation. And, and that's a great thing. So that is episode 220. Show notes at moneyfortherestofus.com. While you're there, please sign up for my free insider's guide. It's a weekly email. I send you the links each week. I share other investment insights, other things related to the economy and money that didn't make it into the podcast. I do a short essay every week that I send just to Insider's Guide members. It's free. You can sign up at moneyfortherestofus.com. Everything I share with you in this episode has been for general education and not considered your particular situation, not provided investment advice, simply general education on money, investing, and the economy. Have a great week.